Welcome back to another edition of Just Talking. She is Jordan Black. She is tan. I am Tom Hannafin. I am pale. I had to <laughs> operate my ring lights as such to give me a little bit more color for those of you watching this on YouTube. But if you're listening on audio only, just imagine me as having a great summer tan uh, and rivaling Jordan. Jordan, uh, you know, NFL stuff continues and I am just I'm freaking dying uh, for the season to start. I'm excited <laughs> to see Hard Knocks confirmed for the New York Jets. That yeah. was great. I think that's going to be a disaster from a PR standpoint. I think it's going to be fabulously entertaining. And in the meantime, it's just a matter of who can shoot their ma mouth off quickest <laughs> on our way to the NFL season. That brings us to our first point. San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. Now, as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I took immense glee in him hanging up on CBS radio in an interview with Zach Gelb. Uh, shout out to Zach Gelb. He is a, a friendly. We're friendly with each other. I've been on his show. I think the world of him. And uh, I think Zach handled it perfectly. The entire circumstance uh, shouted to me that Debo has whined about this situation, having lost to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC title game far too much. And he's sick of hearing of it to the point that he was unprofessional and hung up on a live radio interview. Uh, what was your takeaway from Debo's actions? You know, I, I think I have um, uh, answer your um, first thing. You know what I will say, Tom, the, the joy of being a female is we can fake tan. So um, <laughs> a shout out to my um, at home, you know, moisturizing tan it's, it's not um, that I, I can't it's i elect not to or no, I right we would, we would question you if you did um and um as far as hard knocks you don't say no to hard knocks right okay right. but back to debo i feel like i probably have a really different opinion not because i think he should have hung up because he should have been um more professional but because this story is done and i'm looking at it from a pr perspective Zach, of course, he wanted 15 minutes with him. When you're thinking from our side of a sports broadcasting thing, you we, we are doing it right now. We've scheduled out a show, a, a show with a certain amount of minutes and a certain amount of segments. And so he was like, I had 15 minutes with Debo. I only got five. What are we going to do? On we live radio. On live radio. But here is where my head goes immediately. And I know that this is because I'm now on the other side of the business in comms. Um, I know that what happened was almost last year. We're talking last season. So last athletic year, if you will. And the storyline they've killed in this organization. They're like, if somebody brings this up to you, you got to stop. You're done. Stop talking about it. We have heard it. Everyone's been asking you so many questions. And what Zach did, as any journalist will do, and any kind of commentator on, on radio or the internet, they're going to keep asking the question. They want the soundbite, right? He was trying to get a soundbite, as journalists so often do. And he was, Debo kind of did probably what the Niners organization prepped him to do. And so my kind of standpoint on this is they gave him talking points and they said, let's look ahead to next season. We'll see what happens when we, when we go to Philly, we'll see what happens when we get there, uh, you know, looking forward. Was he well-spoken in it? Was he, you know, as articulate as he could have been? Was he giving him long answers? No. But was he answering to the way that he was given talking points? I think so. And I think he was probably doing what he was told. Because at this point, what else is there to say? He already had the temper tantrum. He already aired it out. He already talked about it so much. So what was he going to do? Just keep bragging on him? And I think we know, actually, we know the PR person was right there. She got right on the phone. Yes. She was like, we're going to practice. She's like, you're done. Now, 
I think the hang up was all on him. We know he has a temper, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. That 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 was clear. We I know agree he's, with you. He can get boiled up, right? I but I also think they told him stop. I agree with you that those were clearly talking points, but there's a way to do it, and that you start giving shorter and shorter answers. And it's like, hey, you know, I've I've talked about it. You know that we're disappointed we lost that, but we're on the next season. Like you just you wrap it up that quickly, and it's a you know subtle thing to the interviewer of like, hey, I'm not going to talk much more about this. Go to something else, and I will talk about it. But that's how you handle those situations. I think he got salty. I think he got emotional. To your point, uh, he has a bit of a temper. Here's what I took away from this, and I, I take a lot of glee in this as a Philadelphia Eagles fan because I heard this through the entire offseason now that if Brock Purdy hadn't gotten hurt, if mm-hmm. they'd had a third quarterback, if Josh Johnson hadn't been you know completely unprepared to go into that game, it's like, well, ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, right? Here's the fact of the matter. The Philadelphia Eagles injured their two quarterbacks, not maliciously, but injured their first two available quarterbacks and wound up winning the football game. Last I checked, it is not illegal to injure a player as long as you don't do it with malice, with intent, Mm -hmm. with a premeditated assault of some kind. The Philadelphia Eagles had a task and they destroyed the quarterbacks of San Francisco and they won the game. And that was a big factor in it. Yes. Can you look back and be like, man, if Brock Purdy wasn't touched the entire game. Oh my God, of course the 49ers would have won. Well, yeah, if Jalen Hurts never gets even grazed by a defender in the Super Bowl, the Eagles probably beat the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl. But these ifs, I think this is what's gotten Debo Samuel in trouble because he's whined so much publicly. You know that it's not just the media giving him flack. It's his teammates being like, yo, dude, shut up. It's other players within the league, Eagles players as well, but other players being like, Dude, this is sour grapes. You got to let it go because it's it's all a hypothetical. It's what could have happened versus what actually happened. That's what drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think probably the argument here is not like what he said wasn't wrong, right? Like we're not the double digits thing and the Brock Purdy of it all and the injuries, right? Like the, the fact of the matter, Eagles won and you spoke it like a true Eagles fan, but uh, like a sports fan, right? We, we watched the game. We know what happened. So saying a, a game that happened in the past and talking about like what could have happened is so silly. Like, it, but I think what we're arguing is like, should he have handled this situation better? Yeah. But was he probably given a, a, a some guidance and some strategy from his PR and comms department and the organization? I also think that's the case too. So I, we're probably like talking about two different things. Um, and I think also he's probably gotten so much flack from this for for months and he's trying to nip it in the bud because it, it it's been aired out so much and, and he started it right he's he, he started mm-hmm. it and he's like look what i got myself into the best part is that san francisco plays in philadelphia yeah. on december 3rd and philadelphia eagles fans they know how to needle you and yeah, so what's uh, i really hope like? i really hope i'm available to attend that game and mm-hmm. i can get tickets because i'll be right there with them uh, speaking of things that uh, you know everybody is looking forward to for next season uh, it's not even necessarily next season it's next nfl yeah. draft the 2024 nfl draft already most people are saying that usc quarterback and heisman trophy winner caleb williams will be the number one overall pick uh, if he is coming out next season i believe he is but this has been tagged as quote cave for caleb in your opinion which teams should be caving for Caleb Williams? 
I have three that I've, I've thought about thoroughly and I'm sure probably some of ours overlap. And then there's probably like seven that realistically should, could, will, who knows. Um, but the, the three that come to mind are the Cardinals, the Raiders and the Falcons um, Cardinals and Raiders are kind of in a similar situation, right? Like they, they need someone to change the, the paradigm the, to have a, Caleb Williams is going to be a franchise changing quarterback. Um, and, and he can do that for the Falcons too, but um, someone to help them gain ground and make waves in their division. The division is, is so competitive and he can do that for them. What's interesting with both of these teams is, and I'll start with the Cardinals um, despite what they're saying in Arizona, the relationship between Kyler and the, the, organization the front office it is all but broken now yeah. it was funny because I, I was talking to ed smith who's also on the believe network but does a weekly radio show in arizona he was like they're hugging they're saying all the right things but i i think what they're going to do is cave for caleb quote unquote because um i i see this organization day in day out and and it, it's not good things are not good there um so he wants out they want out and it seems like the right fit there um same kind of thing for the readers right like no one really had car and it was like no one really bought in um and then they've got jimmy g but he's still coming off that injury so like you could kind of put caleb into the same um bullet points there and then the falcons it's just like we believe in desmond ritter he's was our third pick we're not gonna have anyone compete against him we love him we're like lifting him up but like we have no competition which is just such an interesting way to go about it but they have really good picks around him and so they they're kind of a good quarterback away from being really solid and it was just a few years ago that they were there I mean I'm looking at the year it's like not that that long ago that they were in the Super Bowl so with um Kyle Pitts because on Robinson um Drake London you kind of got the pieces and then you have like this run first offense with Caleb Williams being so electric um Arthur Smith's offense might be a good fit so kind of a a three three-pronged approach to my um list of choices I I like your picks I think first of all the Cardinals have the issue of Kyler Murray's contract and then it's like who's going to want to take that right Vegas makes a lot of sense to me because you've got Jimmy G and Jimmy G is already an injury concern for this team yeah However, there is an argument to be made, and I don't mean to be the you know uh, speculative conspiracy theory type or anything, but the league would love to see the Las Vegas market have a star player yeah. there. And that's nothing against Derek Carr or even Devontae Adams, but I think they would love to see that marketplace explode. And if you put the number one overall pick there, especially a quarterback, oh, yeah. the guy in Caleb Williams who's drawing comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, which I think is unfair to put on a kid, but we'll see yeah. how he does. Man, that could be a real boon for the league. I think the Falcons also make a ton of sense to the points you were just making. Uh, I also think staying within that same division, this Buccaneers team is going to be rough this year. Yeah, And I see a world where they not cave for Caleb, but they're just some bad bucks and they just wind up in that yeah. situation because Be it's, Baker, it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. And those, right. neither of those guys inspire a lot of confidence. The receiving core is aging. Yes. You have Mike Evans and yes, you have Chris Godwin, but it's just not the same Buccaneers team that Tom Brady was navigating that went to a Super Bowl. They seem like they've regressed. And also another one I throw out there is a dark horse because they also regressed last year. If things go 
worse, the LA Rams. And naturally, mm-hmm. a USC guy in Los Angeles would make a ton of sense. But I think there's a bunch of teams around the league. Obviously, the Texans got their guy for now and CJ Stroud. Uh, Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, it feels a lot like what Jalen Hurts went through. Uh, the, not this past season, but the season before. It was kind of a prove-it year. Hey, maybe maybe you can do this, but we, we got to see you do it. I'm trying to think if there's any other teams around the league. Maybe the Washington Commanders, if things go really, really bad for them with Sam Howell. Yeah. It's like yet to be seen. I mean, all this is speculatory for us, but it's fun nonetheless. Um, It's interesting that you brought up the Rams because I think I read that in the offseason, they tried to trade Matthew Stafford. Mm. Um, So that is an option. And then like you kind of have your hometown guy, if you will, um, with having him um, in Southern California. So I I like that one that I hadn't thought about. Um, One thing you were saying when you were comparing him to Patrick Mahomes is I read this quote and it was like, he's Patrick Mahomes. And we didn't know Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes when he was drafted in 2017. And then I think the scout took it even further and was like so much so that teams are going to tank for him, which leads us into this conversation that we're already having um, and leads us into just how are we navigating the tanking problem? If you even see it as a problem, it is a problem because this is what messed up the entire Miami dolphins organization a few years ago. Why Brian Flores went to court with them mm-hmm. and, and was successful so uh, the point I wanted to bring up with you, how does the league handle this in terms of a competition standpoint? Because there are going to be teams that are going to be like, we should lose as many games as we can. It reminds me of last week, Tom, when we were like, teams need to follow the rules. Like we're, we're squares. Like the gambling you know, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were, so last week we were talking about um, how players need to essentially not gamble during the season and follow the rules. Those are the rules that teams set in place. Um, and we were like, yes, follow those rules. We are squares, um, rules are rules and you're an employee. Um, and it kind of reminds me of that because I'm of the mindset that like, you shouldn't reward like losing slash forcing losing. And so I read a really interesting article and I'm pulling it up and I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, Stuart Otto from back sports page. His proposal was the first 10 picks of the NFL draft would be reordered based on the outcome of their final regular season game. All of the teams in the top 10 who won their week 18 game will be given top priority in the NFL draft. And then of those teams, they'll determine the draft order based on the length of their winning streaks to end the season. It's, it's a little convoluted, so I have an idea. Um, but he goes on to say, contrary, the teams in the top 10 who lost in week 18 will be repositioned after the teams who won and then the order will be determined based on season record. And so something along the lines of the basic idea is promote winning, not losing, right? And if you did something like that, and then you had like the top 10 teams, which, you know, the numbers are interesting, right? Because it's how how are we going to get 10 teams? And Yeah, there's a lot of math. Yeah, there's a lot of math here. I'm like, I was like reading it and I was like, Journalism, like, math, like, not like going hand in hand. But there, what if they did something like other leagues do with a lottery? And you're also NFL likes money. You're getting some TV money if you do a lottery of sorts. Um, the the uh, anti promoting winning idea is that you're perpetuating really good organizations and allowing them to keep being really good. But like, I mean, isn't that sport? 
Imagine if you flipped it, like, and this will never happen, but if the Chiefs had the number one overall pick this upcoming right. year, well, they don't need a quarterback. So all of a sudden, the value of certain positions goes down. And it's like, oh, man, we really need a left tackle. They go get a left tackle all of a sudden. And they're, very, they're even better than they were last year. But that's never a given. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I think the league needs to iron out on that front, or else you're going to run into a similar Stephen Ross-esque situation. And yeah. I always like the English Premier League model where you have every game meaning something relegation. And I know the yeah. NFL is big enough to do that, but I don't know. There, the, hopefully there's a way to do this, but Caleb Williams will be getting paid a lot of money to play football somewhere. Next this year. is true. He probably already is probably Thanks doing it right now. NIL yeah. in Southern California. He's doing just fine. Just um, fine. Speaking of money, that brings us to juke or tackle. This is our buy or sell segment. Juke means you sell it. Tackle means you buy it. Our first one, Brings me to my money transition. Saquon Barkley will play week one for the New York Giants. Juke or tackle? I am tackling this one. Um, I don't see a world in which Saquon is not with the Giants this season. This is a negotiating tactic, right? They still have uh, four days from the time that... Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Yeah. From the time this airs, right? Yeah. So you you do that math, um, Tom. Thank you. But... <laughs> He deserves to get paid. So if the storyline is whether or not um, he should get a bigger contract, I'm tackling that. Um, but the question is, will he play in week one? I think the answer is yes, I will tackle that. Um, the Giants ha haven't had a winning record over um, his career with them, but they they've gotten exponentially better with him. And um, you have to pay the guy. But, it, you know, they're, they're going back and forth. And it's yet to be seen which side is going to acquiesce because um, he does not want that franchise tag. Yeah, uh, they slapped the franchise tag on him when his rookie deal expired. Uh, the concerns are he missed so much time two years yeah. ago that they feel maybe he's damaged goods at this point. But last year, he was third in the league in rushing, bounced back. And if anything, the Giants are getting better. They have had a terrible offensive line in front of him for a while. As a Penn State fan, I know a lot of people saw mm -hmm. what he did in college. There's a very different game. And he didn't even have the best offensive lines at Penn State, but he was the best athlete on the field every single time. He is usually the best athlete on the field when he plays in the NFL, but it's not the same game. You cannot expect him to do what he did in college behind bad NFL offensive lines. So I am going to tackle this that he will be playing for the Giants because also it's a bad idea in the NFL, a la Le'Veon Le Bell, to sit out entirely and hope that yeah. somebody puts a flyer on you because it becomes a black mark on your record. Uh, staying within the NFC East, and I did write this point, uh, the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> will return to the Super Bowl. Buy or sell? Is it safe to say that anything Philadelphia Eagles related um, comes from the hand of Tom? Uh, yes, um, I did, yes, I did you write know this super tackle piece. Yes. <laughs> You'll be happy to know that I'm tackling it because you you know this. Um, they've only gotten better adding um, Swift, Rashad Penny. And then um, what about like the, the Georgia Eagles or what was it that they changed the, the Philadelphia um, Bulldogs? Yes. We're yeah, doing well you. drafting Georgia players. I mean, if that doesn't make you that much better, I don't know what does um, Jalen Carter. Um, it, it's, Nolan Smith, Jordan yeah. Davis from last year. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, they're just getting better. I don't see anyone standing in their way. Um, sorry, Debo. No, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, I don't I don't see another team um, getting in their way in the NFC. So um, I'm tackling the Eagles. 
Yeah, I am welcome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying not to be biased on this one, but I agree with all the points you just made. My only concern as a pessimistic, realistic uh, Eagles fan is the health of the offensive line. Uh, Lane Johnson is considerably older at this point in and out of the lineup usually, but when he's in there, he is fantastic. Jason Kelsey is also getting up in the years, but when he's in there, he's fantastic. And that was arguably the best offensive line in football. As long as they stay healthy and as long as they keep Jalen Hurts healthy, there's a very strong chance they're back in the Super Bowl. Uh, last but not least, uh, a former NFC East player, former New York Giant, now Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, Kadarius Tony. His social media was hacked. Juke or tackle? This is the oldest trick in the book. Oh, sorry, I got hacked. I'm juking this one. He did not yeah. get hacked. It sounded exactly like him. He's calling out the Giants. Like, I mean, it's everything that he he's written all of this exactly before. Like, it, it none of it made sense, but it made perfect sense, right? Um, he is so supremely talented, um, injuries aside, but there there's a reason he didn't see the field um in the Giants organization right and and I and also there were so many reasons why everyone was like there are red flags around this guy um when when he was getting ready to get drafted um we saw that in his college career so uh juke in this one he was not hacked <laughs> like yeah sorry like I I was hacked but all the only things I interacted with were um to call Giants fans <laughs> What? Yeah, I found it very, very targeted and specific. Listen, it, it's impossible to tell whether or not he was or was not. However, I find it highly unlikely that he was hacked and then proceeded to leave voice messages. <laughs> voice messages. When people's accounts get hacked, typically it's to sell PlayStation 5s or something no, like that. No, right. It's right. not to leave... <laughs> very specific voice messages. So I am juking this one. I don't know if I buy Kadarius Tony's social media getting hacked. So, you know, I, I appreciate the effort, at least on his part. And that that's what this ball part of the, the year is all about, Jordan, is it's effort. It's effort on our part to, to put together a show because we're like, I'm just dying for training camp to start, which starts yeah. in about a week plus for a lot of teams. And then I'm just dying for the preseason to start and I'm dying for the regular season to be back. It's, it's about effort. You know that um, it's pulling for, for stories when like random football adjacent slash social stories like end up in the New York post because like this Kadarius Tony story was there. And I'm like, when we are searching for sports stories in the New York post, like we have a problem because that's, you know, that's where we're finding like cultural news and, and um, like what Kim Kardashian is doing. So like, Come on. It is his time. We're we're like how many days out are we? We need like we're a running close. We're close. We the time we're recording this. this. Yeah, we're close. We'll we'll see if our yeah. production guy can throw that in there. Um thank you all so much for joining us. She is Jordan Black. I'm Tom Hannafin. We're just talking. Enjoy your NFL purgatory. <laughs>